This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And if you tuned in last week, this is th- this week's show is kind of following the theme. And I'm kind of dancing around what that theme is because it gives me severe <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> And stresses me out because not only kids get stressed out this time of year, but us parents do as well. And of course, I'm uh, talking about back to school. Okay, listen, we're one week out. We're one week out. Last week, we we talked with uh, psychotherapist and parenting expert Kelly Boss, and she helped us get, you know what I mean, like, get a little bit more... Um, what's I can't even think of, of the word right now, but just just help ease us in to uh, the routine of back to school. And one of the things we were discussing is that sleep is really important when it comes to school and getting ready to head back to the classroom. So of course we have Alana again. She is our sleep expert here on the parenting show. She's also the CEO of Goodnight Sleep Site and the host of This Girl Loves Sleep podcast. Alana, how are you? I am good. I am good. School is a week out. Like, how are we already here? I'm listen, I'm freaking out with the rest of the parents. I'm so unprepared this year. Prepared. I think that's the word you were looking for earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unprepared. So unprepared. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's like, you know, we were talking about on the show last week with Kelly, who, you know, as well as one of our one of our good friends. And we were just saying how it's like when summer hits, or I should say summer break hits, it's like all the rules are out the window. Yeah. You know, in in, in every aspect, um, what we eat, you know, um, and of course, our sleep patterns are out the window. And we just, it's just like, I don't care. It's a free for all, right? So yeah. now we have to, we have to get back into the swing of things and we need to settle down and like you know buckle up absolutely listen i mean for my family as well i have a family of one teen and two tweens and um sleep sleep and all routine goes out the window because we're also i'm also my kids are also at an age where we're, they're factoring in jobs and social lives and all of these things um, where there's just no routine. I find just for the month of July and then all of a sudden August hits and, you know, we're already thinking about Halloween and Christmas. It's like, it's crazy. My God. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. It's insane. Like it, one thing at a time. I, I just hit me with one thing at a time, please. Know. You know, I know. So, so today though, we're going to talk about sleep and getting back into that routine because, I'm sure all you parents listening, you know, have not followed any sleep routine that you've had, whether it be for yourself or for your kids over the summer break. And it's not easy to then just say all of a sudden, all right, kids, school's back on. So we're back to bedtimes, just like cold turkey, right? We have to ease into it. So Alana, you're going to help us with that. 100%. And you know, as much as we have to be prepared for the new school year, we also have to prepare our kids for all ages, right? So getting back into routine prior to that first, you know, the night before the first day of school is really important. And this is a great time of, of 
the summer, I guess, to do it, right? We've got a week before school starts. So what can we do? So for all of our kids, let's get back to those bedtimes, bring back bedtime. So whatever bedtime your child, um, you hope for your child to have throughout the school year, bring that back before that first night, uh, that night before the first day, um, and have that conversation with your child, you know, um, this is speaking more to our littles, like our kindergartners, yeah. um, the kids that are, this is a big transition for that age, you know, starting school for many first time doing full day anywhere, sometimes away from parents or, you know, out of the typical kind of preschool daycare kind of setting. Um, it's a big transition and it can, it can really disrupt their typical sleep habits. A good sleeper can go bad 100%. And a lot of that is just overtiredness and overstimulation and just adjusting to that transition. So an earlier bedtime, if I, honestly, if you can walk away from anything in this show today, parents protect that early bedtime, especially for your littles, especially for those who are going into preschool, kindergarten, grade one. Um, bring that bedtime, maybe even earlier than it will be for the rest of the year, just as they transition. So important. Yeah, I was just going to ask that because like, for example, the other night it was like 10 p.m. And that's late for my kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were going to bed at 10, you know, and there's been some occasions where it's been like 1030, where before during the school year, like I try to do 830. Yeah. So is it do we just make that huge jump all at once? Or do we like slowly creep up the bedtime. What's the I, best way to I, do it? I'm all for like, I'm a rip the bandaid off kind of person. So I'm all for just get it done. Just move it up. Okay. So for kindergartners, you're looking at a bedtime, probably no later than seven 30. Now in saying that for our really little ones, especially for those who are, are later in the year birthdays, like our, you know, our September, October, November, December babies, um, who are younger starting in that grade. Um, you might want to aim for like, you might even have to do like a six o'clock or six 30, just as they transition, um, for a seven to 10 year olds, you're looking at a bedtime anywhere between eight to 9 PM, just to kind of give you a gauge, right. And all kids are different. You know, some kids are more sleep sensitive than the others. Those sleep sensitive kiddos need to be, you know, have that earlier bedtime. Um, but pull the bandaid and just, just do it down early. Yeah clocks toddler clocks visual clocks can really help them visually see that it's time to go to bed if the sun's still out you know okay that's what i was just going to say because that i swear man i know it's you know you know where i'm going with this and it is tough when the kids are like but it's still light out <laughs> i go to sleep yeah i can still remember when i was a child Maybe this is how my my love for sleep started because my mom, I would always have the earliest bedtime on the street. And I remember going to bed and hearing the kids outside still playing in the street. I mean, this is, you know, the day and age where we actually played outside on our streets. Yeah. <laughs> kids don't do that anymore. But I remember right? thinking, I don't want to go to bed. It's still light out. I can still hear my friends outside. This sucks. But things like blackout blinds can work really well to darken up the environment uh, using things, like I said, like toddler clocks or alarm clocks for older kids who know how to tell the time so they can visually see that it is time to go to bed. White noise machines, sound machines can kind of help drown out those external sounds. Um, so really setting up the environment um, for sleep success helps, especially, you know, again, as you know, pretty soon it's going to be darker out at bedtime, which is great. Um, so that can really help too. But but really, Alana, like, I don't know, I'm torn here because as much as I want my kids to go to bed, I want light out, you know, 
it's it's a toughie. It's a toughie, and it, it's it's hard for all of us. Am I right? It is. It is. And we're not going to think about the upcoming time change because that just that comes with its own set of problems. So that will be another segment that we'll do later on. Um, uh, but I mean, those darker nights help, right? That darkness helps. So again, creating Absolutely. a great environment is, is just all these tools just to help us ease into this new transition of back to school can really help. We are, we're talking, we're talking all about sleep, the importance of sleep and how to get our kids back into a routine before heading back to the classroom. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more right here on The Parenting Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca. Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. It is Sunday night and you are tuned into the Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, chicmama.ca. And with me, I've got my good friend and the sleep expert, the sleep guru that we use on the show all the time because she's the best of the best. And of course, I'm talking about Alana McGinn. She's the CEO of Good Night Sleep Site and the host of This Girl Loves Sleep podcast. Alana, one week to go. I am dreading it. I don't want this. In a way, I kind of do too, because I want the kids to go back to school. But it's tough. It's tough to prepare for back to school. It is. And I feel like it just happens so fast now. I don't know if it's because my kids are older, but it's like normally I'm on the ball with the back to school supplies. I haven't even given that any thought. Like I've done nothing. Nothing. Anyways, more importantly, did did you go snack? Did you go snack shopping? No, I've done nothing. (laughs) Don't you're stressing me out. You and me both. (laughs) But but hopefully after tonight's show, I can have the tools, tips, ideas, tricks, everything I need when it comes to sleep and getting the kids back on a routine. So before the break, we were just talking about how we just need to move that bedtime up. And now's the perfect time to do it. We have one week. So let's start doing it now. So it's not like the night before where it comes as a shock. And then they're all like the first day of school is a disaster. So we should start now. I asked you, I'm like, I need your, I need your opinion. Do we like slowly creep up the bedtime? And you're like, no, P we are ripping the bandaid right off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So rip the bandit right off, but start those conversations so that they're not blindsided, right? So if you've been really lax all summer, which listen, most parents are, um, you know, start having those conversations. And those conversations can start as young as two years old. You know, they can start, but especially with our again, preschool or kindergartner, the conversations that we have with our tweens and teens will be somewhat different, right? But open up that communication about why sleep is so important. You know, we obviously have those conversations about eating healthy and treating others with kindness and all of those important conversations. We also need to have the conversation about sleep. So not just that you have to go to sleep at 7.30 at night or at 10 o'clock at night or whatever their bedtime is, but why they have to go to bed at that time. Um, You know, what does healthy sleep do for your body? How do you feel when you've had a good night of sleep? How do you feel when you haven't had a good night of sleep? Like these conversations and starting them at a really young age are so important because it's going to help kind of foster a healthy relationship between sleep and your child. With our older kids, we want to be having conversations, sometimes a conversation about drowsy driving. You know, we have the conversations about drinking and driving. 
We need to have those kind of conversations in terms of sleep and driving. Um, you know, where, how can we manage our sleep better on top of all the extracurriculars, after school jobs, social life, and all of that with that age group. So different conversations need to happen at different ages, but those conversations need to happen 100%. I absolutely agree. And that's something I talk about on the show all the time, lines of communication, open lines of communication. Yeah. And you need that because if you can communicate well, and it doesn't matter with who, with anyone in your life, all aspects of your life, it like is a huge help and things you'll find go a lot smoother. And it's no different with our kids. And like you said, conversations about sleep and the importance of sleep and bedtime. And I want to know because this is going to come up for sure. It's going to be like, but mom, my friends go to sleep later. Why is my bedtime at this time? How do I address that without telling my daughter that she's a cranky, you know, what? <laughs> she doesn't get her sleep. So that conversation always comes up on my house and I have such an easy thing. I'm like, well, I do sleep. This is what I do. So this is what we do. Like I've got an easy fix, but yeah, I mean, listen, I hear it too. Right. So, you know, so-and-so my friend goes to sleep an hour after I do, you know, how is that fair? Or if you have the siblings too, you'll get into that. You might see that too, right? The older sibling goes to bed a bit later and then the younger sibling doesn't like it. They want to go all those conversations. So again, this comes with having those conversations. They need to understand at certain ages, there's certain amounts of sleep that we need. This is why it's beneficial. I know all this stuff sounds boring and you're like, my kid is just going to completely zone out, but you can also make it really fun. Um, you know, I always equate it to animals for our little. So if they have a pet, you know, if I use my dog, I have dog Ziggy, for example, you know, how much sleep does a dog need at night? A dog needs 10 hours of sleep at night. So this is the amount of sleep that Ziggy needs at night. You know, we know what Ziggy's like when he doesn't get that sleep throughout the night. He's really tired the next day. You know, he doesn't really listen to us the next day. Where does Ziggy love to sleep? He loves to sleep in his bed. This is where he stays the whole night. So for our littles kind of equated to something that you think they'll show interest in. Yeah, it's relatable too. Exactly. And then again, just to curb that conversation when they start comparing to friends or to siblings, it's like, hey, we get what we need. You know, I eat a bigger meal because I'm older and I need a little bit more food. You eat smaller, like, you know what I mean? Like equated to stuff like that, just because- um, so-and-so does it doesn't necessarily mean like you might need a little bit more sleep or we know what you're like when you, you know, you're cranky when you haven't had a good night of sleep and that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like that. I like that because that was going to be my next thing. I've got three kids, you know, they're all two years apart. So we're dealing with a 12, a 10 and an almost eight year old. And, um, for the longest time to, go without the arguments. I've just been putting everyone to sleep at the same time. Yeah. But I know that that is going to come to an end really soon because they are getting to the point where it's just like, well, especially the oldest, like, why, why is this happening? Yeah. Why am I not staying up be later? Going to bed later than you soon? Like it's going to happen. That scares me. Elena. No, I'm telling you, I, that's where I'm at. Like it's going to happen. I'm telling them good night and I'm going to bed and they're all still up. It's crazy. And they, and they just go on their own. Like, yeah, they just go to bed on their work. own. <laughs> I mean, it just does. This is what happens when you have teens. Like it's, it's like, you're going to get there. You are going to get there. So listen, when you're in your kid's age group, I mean, it's not uncommon for them to still, to have the same bedtime. I mean, yes, they are two years apart, especially when you compare like the youngest to the eldest, there is that yeah. four year gap. Um, 
but again, it's, it's, it's having those conversations, you know, letting Marcus understand it, that type of thing. But you know, it, it's, um, they will still kind of have a similar bedtime at that age. This is what, you know, when we're talking about, say, like a seven-year-old and a three-year-old or four-year-old, that's a bigger gap at a younger age where that bedtime will likely be different. But once we get into like tween, teen age, which you're kind of getting into, well, you are with the two eldest for sure. Mm -hmm. um, You know, those bedtimes are going to kind of blur and, and, and it's okay if they kind of go to look and you, that's, this is a great way to keep your eldest at a young, at an earlier bedtime too, to kind of hit that happy medium between the two. Because she is, my oldest is the one that's the crankiest. Yeah. If she yeah. does not get her sleep. Now she also shares a room with her sister uh, that's two years yeah. younger. So yeah. like, these are all things that, you know, like, I you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of parents at home listening. They're like, yes, Pina, I'm in the same scenario. Right. So like, how yeah. do you do that? How do you like then say, okay, you, the middle one, start going to sleep. You know, Samantha, you're two years older. I know you share a room, but you can waltz in like half an hour, an hour later. Like, well, and that's what you do. That's what I did. My my eldest share rooms too. My two, uh, my girls, well, my youngest are twins. The two girls share a room. So then they're three and a half years apart. And that's what we did. But again, it was consistency in that and conversations about that. So my youngest girl understood that her sister was three and a half years older. So therefore her bedtime was an hour later. So you know, my youngest would get ready and go to bed and go upstairs and go to sleep. And then my eldest would either come downstairs and read or do whatever for an hour um, and then go upstairs and go to sleep quietly. So, but it's, there was consistency in that it's, you start running into problems. If some nights you're like, okay, fine, you can go to sleep when your sister goes to sleep. Okay, fine. You can go to sleep when your brother goes to sleep. As long as you're consistent with the rules, they, they follow them and they understand them because they understand that that's the expectation. Oh God, there's so much. There's so much. I find that we're at a big transitional age. Yeah. Uh, Yes. To get ready for, you know, back to school sleep routines. But you know what? We've got Alana here and she's helping us through. She's going to hold her hand every step of the way. So don't go anywhere because we will be back with more right here on the parenting show. Welcome back to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night, and this is the Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca, and with me, I've got our sleep expert, Miss Alana McGinn, CEO of Good Night Sleep Site and the host of This Girl Loves Podcast. We're talking all about sleep, the importance of sleep, getting back into routine, because Alana, you told us we got to do it now. We got one week to go. We need to rip the bandaid off and move up that bedtime because we know like the kids have not been going to bed when they should be and we cannot switch it on them the night before school starts. Right. So Alana, we we're talking about different age groups, bedtimes, um, kids comparing their bedtime to their friends or siblings. I gave you the example of my two girls being two years apart, sharing a room. What do I do with bedtime here? Um, I have I have a question about that, actually. Yeah. So what it. if I put them both, I send them both to sleep? But like Samantha sometimes will like to read a book or yeah. do something else. Is that okay? Or should I just keep them apart completely? Like Samantha, no, that's totally so fine. It's totally okay. As long as your, your middle is, I'm sorry, what is her name again? Lily. 
Lily, sorry. So as long as you're middle, as, as long as Lily can fall asleep to, you know, like, again, using my kids as an example with my daughters, um, sometimes Sophie would turn on her, you know, she had like a little reading light. She would turn that on and read a little bit while Lila slept and Lila could fall asleep easily to the light. So as long as Lily doesn't have any problems and it's not impeding with her falling asleep, absolutely. You know, 100%, they could all go to bed together. And here's the thing, you know what I love and what, you know, you might already know happen, but maybe you don't know happens is the Lily's likely going to stay up with Samantha and they're going to yes. chat and it's such a great little bonding. Like I, like I would hear their little conversations through the door. Um, and it was cute. And I wouldn't care so much if that meant that Lila was going to bed. My, you got a Lily, I got a Lila. Lila was going to yeah. bed, you know, half an hour later than maybe she should have, because again, that's such a great bonding time for the two girls. So don't worry about it too much after because Alan's like it's a great bonding time meanwhile when I hear it three rooms down the hallway (laughs) 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 my girls are like just chatting no listen that happens in their room too it's not always rainbows and sunshine okay don't worry about that um but more often than you think they are probably having yeah. some really sweet conversations so and yeah. you know what it's true i think as long as they're in that sleep environment they're in their bed mm-hmm. and they're giving their you know their body the chance to just rest right it will it will be okay exactly exactly um so how much sleep do they need i know we go over this every single time and i think it's really important that everyone listening at home hears because some parents have no idea and if it wasn't for you and the fact that you're in my life even on the personal side i would be lost i wouldn't know So let's break it down. (laughs) Let's break it down. So for our littles, so we're talking kindergarten really up until elementary school, right? Um, You know, uh, I'm just trying to do the math. We're saying like, you know, seven, eight, nine years of age. You're still looking at, you know, 11 to, I would say 10 to 11 to 12 hours of sleep per night. Again, every child is different. Every kid is more sleep sensitive. Some, Some kids need a little bit more. Some kids can manage the 10 just fine. Once we're getting into teens, so we'll say 14 to 17 years of age, you're looking at anywhere between eight to 10 hours of sleep. So still more than our average seven to eight hours. That doesn't start shifting until they enter more adolescence. So like 18, 19, 20, 21, that type of thing um, shifts more to that seven to eight. But for our little ones, we're still looking at a big chunk of sleep, you know, like at least sometimes at least 12 hours of sleep per night. Absolutely. Okay. So now we have the breakdown of that. Yeah. And then when our kids are sleeping, let's talk a little bit about us as parents, because I find that September is the unofficial new year. Yeah. And it's where like we set new intentions, routines are back. Um, Although many of us have been working throughout the summer, you know what I mean? Because (laughs) got to survive. Um, it's now just in the sense, not necessarily our work routine, but incorporating our kids' routine and that, you know, can take a toll on us as parents, yeah. right? So what do we as parents do sleep-wise? Because again, you know what I mean? I'd imagine a lot of us have not been 
on, you know what I mean? Like our typical sleep routine throughout the summer. So, so what do we do too? Do we just rip the bandaid off? Do we have to move up our bedtime or do we, is it something totally different? I mean, no, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, same, just like our kids need to prepare for the, for the back to school. I like to call September back at it for us. Like I agree with you. And I look at September more as a start of a new year than January. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have to prepare ourselves, you know, and, and this is again, where having that family sleep meeting with our kids and sitting down and not just saying, okay, what are some goals that, you know, mom or dad want to see for you guys, but also like, what can we work on together as a family so that we all better our sleep health? Right. Cause also, especially for our older kids, like we got to practice what we preach. And so if we're telling them, and I mean, this could be a conversation that we have after, you know, if we talk about tech, if we're telling our kids to take tech out of their bedroom, but they're constantly seeing us with tech in our bedroom. I mean, sure. We could say my house, my rules, if we want to go old school (laughs) like that. But I also think we need to, you know, again, like I said, practice what you preach, right. And make sure that everybody's kind of on the same page. So for us, for parents routine, for sure, whether you're working or whether you're not working, in some ways, routine has gone out the window. Bedtimes have gone super late. Maybe we're sleeping in a little bit in the morning. Um, we got to rein that back in. Um, and a great time to do it is now, you know, a week before we're all back at it, start going back to that bedtime that you typically had prior to the summer, you know, um, start even going as far as maybe setting your alarm and getting up at a reasonable hour and doing what you need to do uh, in the morning, because we know how cha- you know chaotic the mornings can be. And Something that I always talk about in terms of sleep is often we just talk about that bedtime routine. We also have to talk about that morning routine. I was just going. Because what we do in the morning sets us up for the whole day, right? And what we do in the morning and how we handle that morning chaos and that morning routine can play a huge role in how well or not well we're falling asleep at night. Um, So, you know, getting back into that kind of routine for us um, really helps. Yeah, it's true because, and if we don't have that good bedtime, we're not going to wake up in the morning and back to school mornings are insane and intense. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, hey, we're going to just wake up and we're going to take it easy and go at our pace. No, like we are on a schedule. We're on a clock. We need to get up. We need to get dressed. We need to have breakfast. We need to pack our lunch. We need to get our stuff ready. We need to get out the door. We need to get into the car. We need to drive to school and get there before the bell rings, right? So I love the fact that you mentioned that morning wake up and that morning routine and that it is so super important and it's not always just about bedtime but if we don't have that bedtime down yeah that morning routine is going to go out the window 100 percent. yeah i mean and bedtime routine you know keep it as organized and prepare as best you can for the morning during your bedtime routine so often as parents we're going to bed with that to-do list in our head um let's conquer some of that to-do list at night in our bedtime routine to help make our morning routines that much better yeah i like that i like that because no one ever talks about the waking up part. And that's where I struggle. But I think it also has to do with my extremely late bedtime routine, which you know all about. <laughs> I do. I do. And listen, yeah, I mean, and this is where you've got to kind of rein it in, right? And try to go to bed a little bit. I don't want to say earlier, I especially for adults, for kids, yes, go to bed earlier. For adults, go to bed when you're tired. That's the most important thing because that's going to help you fall asleep that much easier. Um, this isn't me giving you permission to stay up till two o'clock in the morning. 
But <laughs> try to go to bed more when you feel tired, right? With, with a reasonable bedtime um, included in that. And then do what we call our power down hour. And this can be incorporated mm. both for parents and for kids as well. I, uh, I like that. I like that. And I want to talk a little bit more about it. So don't go anywhere because we will be back with more. We've got sleep expert Alana McGinn from Good Night Sleep Site joining us. And we'll be back with more right here on The Parenting Show. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. This is The Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. I've got Alana McGinn joining me from Good Night Sleep Site. She is our sleep expert, our sleep queen, our guru here on the show, and uh, our go-to anytime we are talking anything about sleep. This is a big time of year. Alana, we're talking about back to school. We're talking about getting back into routine. And I have, like, when I think about it and I think about the summer, the routine that goes out the window each and every single time, the first thing that always comes to mind is sleep. Because everyone's like, I don't have to wake up to go to school the next morning. I can sleep in. So what difference does it make? But that back to school, back to the classroom, is quickly approaching in one week's time. So we need to get ready because we all know that we can't do it in night. That's just crazy talk, right, Alana? We can't do that. We want to, pre- I mean, listen, you want to prepare yourself as best you can for sure, but also understand that it takes about a week for everyone to adjust. So for parents who are like, there is no way my kid's going to even start going to bed earlier until the night before school because I get it. Um, or, you know, you're traveling and there's just like, there's no way I can even start during it this week. Parents don't panic. You know, listen, if you have to leave it to the last possible night, the night before school, and you're cranking up bedtime earlier, then we'll all adjust to it provided then you, you know, I always say, you know, maybe, uh, make your weekends, like the first couple weekends in September, don't pack them in too much. Just have some time for some downtime for some relax and chill time. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll all adjust. So, so don't worry too much about that. Yeah. You know what? I like that. I like that you mentioned that because it just made my brain go somewhere different mm-hmm. because you were saying about these, you know, the first few weekends don't jam pack a lot of stuff into them this way. You know what I mean? Like it can be just a little bit more calm and we can ease into things. And just before the break, we were talking about also how us as parents have to adjust right now with this week ahead of us, should we look at that as well? Like don't try to jam so much in there that our kids are going to be all hyped up. Like maybe let's have a bit of a chill week leading in. If you can, I mean, that's always easier said than done because it is the last week of summer. So I also understand parents. Yeah, everyone wants to like, jam yeah. it in. So, like, let's pack in every last fun activity we can. Right. So again, this is where I say the nights you can do it this week, make bedtime earlier for your kids. Um, The nights you can do it for yourself, make bedtime earlier for yourself. The mornings you can wake up at a normal back to school time, try and do it just to kind of get kids back into that routine. 
So not only move up the bedtime, but actually start setting their alarms. Right. Just so they get used to waking up and setting your alarm too. I mean, listen, I know majority of parents are still working. So we're, you know, we're still having to get up at normal times, but for those who maybe aren't or who work from home, routines are a little bit lax. I know for me, I work from home, so I'm not getting up at a normal time that I would for my teen to catch her bus to go to high school, which is like an insanely early time. Um, so maybe, you know, the week before I'm going to start setting my alarm and, and getting up a little bit earlier. Um, but going back to what we were talking about before in terms of bedtime routine, again, that morning routine is so important and so much of what we can do at bedtime can help it. So incorporating what that power down hour, right? Breaking up an hour before bedtime. This is for all ages, even for our littles breaking up an hour before bedtime into three 20 minute increments. So for that first 20 minutes, you're preparing for the next day, you know, packing lunches, packing your work bag, your school bag, picking out your outfit, um, whatever you need to do to help prepare that morning routine and make it a little bit easier. You know, Um, the next 20 minutes is the hygiene, the brushing of the teeth, the changing of the pajamas, the shower, the bath, the whatever you need to do, the potty, the bathroom, all of that. Um, And then the last 20 minutes is the routine that we typically think of, right? So it's like, okay, what can we incorporate into uh, calming and relaxing activities for all ages. So it could just be reading. It could be an audiobook for our teens. For our littles, it could be reading a story. It could be saying prayers. It could be singing songs. It could be whatever you normally include uh, to kind of help prepare the body and mind to sleep. So, you know, incorporating that bedtime routine and starting that now because that routine kind of gets thrown out through the, the summer. Yes. So start getting into those consistent bedtime activities before the first night or the night before uh, the first day of school. I like that. I like that because I don't think we've ever, I don't think we've ever talked about that on the show before, how you break it and break it up into three 20 minute, like little chunks um, and then take it from, take it from there. So I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the kiddos and see if that's something that we can, we can start here. Um, There was something else I was going to ask you too. Okay. You mentioned earlier blackout blinds. So preparing the bedroom for that space. And you kind of threw in some tech talk there. So let's talk about our sleep environment and getting that ready. Yeah. I mean, listen, tech is a big one for adults and for our kids, for sure. Um, We are seeing more and more tech in the bedroom. Um, I changed my stance on that a little bit. You know, the old Alana would have said remove tech completely. And I think if you're really struggling with sleep or your child is really struggling with sleep, that is your number one, remove it from the bedroom, have a family docking station in your home where you can all plug in. You know, we have one in the kitchen that the kids and I can plug in all of our devices overnight, keeps it out of the bedroom. But there also is a lot of tech that can help. And it's also about setting boundaries and what tech you're allowing in. So if we're just talking about our own sleep, you know, maybe don't read the news right before you go to bed. Maybe, uh, you know, watch one show that makes you feel great and makes you maybe forget some of your problems, but don't stream the entire season right before you go to bed, (laughs) right? So set boundaries on that. But then again, focus on the tech that can help you. So for kids, it could be mindful meditation apps for us as well, breathing apps, um, there's so many great apps that you can incorporate. Audiobooks can work really great for, for tweens and teens and for littles as well. White noise machines, sound machines, um, diffusers to bring in that calming and relaxing. Uh, oh, yeah, that's therapy. that's a huge one with my girls. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, not all tech is bad, right? But the tech that, you know, the mindlessly scrolling on TikTok and Instagram 
that is what we want to avoid for ourselves and then avoid for our kids too. And that's part of that conversation that we have during that family meeting of sitting down and saying, okay, you know, this is why we can't do this. This is why it's not great for sleep. This is what we're all going to work on to stop. Um, listen, even I'm guilty sometimes of scrolling mindlessly on TikTok. Oh yeah, totally. Bed, right. And my kids call me out on, they're like, mom, what are you doing? You know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's all about changing those habits. It's lifestyle habits. And the thing is with the screen time that we need to keep in mind as parents is the blue light. Yeah. And that is going to screw with your sleep and quality of sleep. So if we don't want to have to deal with that, Alana, what is it? What's what's the rule? No like screen for an hour. So there if are we don't if we really want to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. There's things that you can do. So first thing is you can do a tech, a sleep tech, um, a sleep tech rule. So you know, at least 60 minutes before you go to bed, stay away from all bright screens, TVs, phones, anything like that. 90 minutes if you can do it. Um, think if your brain is having that sleep switch. So when they're in front of that bright screen, it's like you're turning the sleep switch off in your brain. You can still fall asleep, but your brain still thinks that you're awake, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, giving you that that sleep tech curfew of at least 90 or 60 minutes before you go to bed. But then there's also great things like you can download um, a certain, uh, you know, um, blue screen protectors on your on your phones and on your apps like Flux. There's blue blocking glasses that kids can wear too, because also for older kids, you know, they're in front of their computers and stuff because that's how they do their homework. And even for our little kids too, right? Um, So incorporating devices like that, that's going to help kind of um, help with the blue light of the screen can really work as well. Okay. So that's, that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit, but there's a lot of good, useful info and tips Um, which I think we needed to hear. And even if you did know this stuff, you need that refresher because sometimes little things, you know what I mean? May skip your mind. You're like, oh yeah. Okay. I'm good now. You know, like not only do I need to move up bedtime, but I got to set that alarm in the morning for this to work. Right. So Alana, I cannot thank you enough for joining me on the show tonight. And not only to help get me and my kiddos ready for this, horrible, horrible time of year, (laughs) but all the parents listening at home. And if people want to get in touch with you or get more info from you, where can they find you, Alana? They can find me at goodnightsleepsafe.com. And we also have an amazing back to school sleep mini program, super affordable. And you can find that at goodnightsleepsafe.com slash mini online sleep courses. We have a tween and teen course. We have a back to school course, and then we also have some baby sleep courses, mini courses, affordable, easy to download, and away you go. Do it, guys, do it. That is it for us, but we will catch you next week, same time, same place. And if you miss any of the show and you want to listen back, you can do so on our podcast. Uh, Just download it wherever you like to get your podcasts. Have a great Sunday night. Peace out. I'm Pina, and this is The Parenting Show.